Good morning. And welcome to worship this morning at Ezra Moravian Church. Uh, we are going to start off worship this morning with a song. So let us stand and sing together uh, 10,000 Reasons, otherwise known as Bless the Lord, O My Soul. So let us stand and sing. again to uh, Edgeborough Moravian Church, where we are a community dedicated to loving God, growing in Christ, and sharing the Holy Spirit with all of those around us. Uh, a few announcements of different things happening in the life of this congregation. Uh, in two Sundays from now, September 8th, 
will be rally day. Uh, the first day of the new youth Sunday school year uh, will kick things off at 915 with some special events planned for the first day of Sunday school. Uh, the Sunday school teachers and volunteers will be installed during worship uh, at 1030. And then later on in the day, uh, all are invited to the band picnic, which will be at Advent Moravian Church from 4 until 7 p.m. Uh, beginning at 4.30 that day, there will be a pickup corral ensemble that we'll be playing for about a half hour. Uh, so bring your instrument if you would like to play from 4.30 till 5 o'clock. On September 15th, three Sundays from now, kind of a big day here. This will be the first Moravian Day of Service. In 2018, both the synods of the northern and southern provinces named this day exactly that. So ideally, Moravians all across North America will be out serving their communities at the same time. So Edgeboro will be participating on that day, September 15th, by having a brief love feast here at 1030, and then engaging in a number of different service events as we kind of branch out and either stay here or go to different places that we can engage in on that day. Uh, a letter was sent out earlier this week with a number of details about all of this. So beginning today, you are able to sign up for the event that you would like to participate in on September 15th on the day of service. So you can do so uh, by signing up on the easel in the back of the sanctuary as you leave today, or you can go online to our church website and uh, sign up online there as well. Your signing up will help each of the event leaders in their planning. And speaking of event <laughs> leaders, uh, leaders, should you need to speak to the elders about any preparations or any questions that you may have leading up to the 15th, uh, you may find an elder after worship and talk to them. Um, and that, that's the same for each and every week leading up to the 15th as well. Uh, lastly, the worship committee will be meeting after worship today in the parlor, immediately following worship. Are there any other announcements, any other additions to be made at this time? Yeah, Becky. Uh, right after worship, I was wondering if any able-bodied people could um, help carry boxes from Fellowship Hall upstairs. You know the meeting to be Put it at Jesus' feet, yes, yes, we'll offer it up, yes, yes. So for any of those that can help with boxes to move them from downstairs to Felsch Ball to upstairs in front of the office under Jesus' feet, uh, we would, we would uh, be grateful for your help. Anything else at this time? Seeing none, we hope that you can join in on the many different things going on in the future uh, here at Edgeboro. Uh, let us now continue with our worship as we uh, uh, read together, pray together, a liturgy of compassion. Um, even though it doesn't say so on your bulletin insert, uh, this liturgy was written by Moravian <coughs> pastor Rick Beck, uh, who serves a Moravian church in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Who's retiring today, so how fitting. I didn't even let him know we were doing this. So. After 34 years, 
That's spirit-led there. <laughs> so let us pray together a liturgy of compassion. Before we do that, let's do the unison prayer in our bulletin together. Oh, thank you. I'm jumping. Thank you. It wasn't in my notes, so thank you. I'm glad somebody does. Jesus Christ, 
We are each in need of Christ's compassion. Gratitude is our true response to God, who calls us to be Christ's compassion in the world. How is God inviting you to offer greater compassion? Jesus, in extravagant compassion, has already revealed our forgiveness and calls us to live as those who are renewed and thankful. Receive this grace and share it. We are grateful. We live differently because of what you, Lord Jesus, have done for us. As one body with one voice, we share the prayer our Lord has taught us. This time I would invite some children forward for our children's message for today. <coughs> Sorry, you can stay standing. Stay standing. We'll sit eventually, but stay standing for now. Okay. It's good to see all of you. How are you? Good. Are you excited for school tomorrow? No? Okay. So I thought, I'm going to leave it right there. So we're going to read a Bible story about Jesus. Go figure. We're going to read a Bible story about Jesus and how he healed a woman. Now this woman had something different about her. Okay? So I want you, right now, to just bend over. You don't have to touch your toes, but just bend over, just like this. You can keep your legs straight. But just bend over, kind of let your arms kind of, yeah, just fall. All right, so stay there. Don't, don't get up till I tell you to get up, okay? So this woman was bent over, just like this. And you know how long she was bent over? 18 years. None of you are even 18 years old yet. She was bent over for longer than you've been alive. She couldn't stand up straight. She had some back problems, okay, and some other things as well. Now, before I ask you what might be difficult about this, I want you to think about what might you be able to do now that you're like this? What are some things you can do a little bit easier bent over like this? What do you think? How about tie your shoes? Yeah? Some other things as well? You know, maybe you don't have to worry about hitting your head on a door frame or anything like that. So one of the important things, though, is maybe this woman who was bent over could help other people who were bent over. Maybe she could teach them about what helps her back when it gets hurt or what might be a comfortable way to sit. So she might help people as well. So I wanted to mention that because there are a whole bunch of different people in the world that do some pretty awesome things because they're different. 
So I wanted to highlight that before we talk about, now I want to ask you, what would be hard to do when you're bent over like this? Do you guys want to stand up now? Okay, okay. You can sit down, sit down. So what, what would be hard to do when you're bent over like that? Yeah. Yeah, lighting a candle that's on a table or reaching up to get something. Yeah, that'd be really hard. What else would be hard to do if you're bent over? What else? Lifting something would be hard. How about running? Do you think you could run like that? That'd be really hard to do too, right? Imagine being like that for 18 years. You might be pretty lonely, right? Because it's pretty hard to shake hands like this. It's pretty hard to look people in the face like that. So it might be hard to make friends. What did you say? Or open LOL and sleep. Yeah, or s sleep. Yeah, it'd be really hard to sleep like that too, absolutely. And open LOLs. Okay, there's that too. Or, or reaching a lot, yeah, reaching a lot of things would be hard to do. So that would be really hard, a really difficult time in that woman's life, and Jesus healed her. And imagine how happy she was after she was healed. The first thing she did is she stood up and she praised God, kind of like that picture, that person in the picture in the background there. That's the first thing that she did. So this story reminds us that in really hard times in life, when we might be in pain, or we might be angry, or we might be scared, or we might be feeling lonely, guess who's there with us in those times? Jesus. So when we read this story, we remember Jesus' love for us even in the most difficult times we might have. Will you guys pray with me? Let's thank Jesus for his love. Dear Jesus, we give you thanks that when we are happy, or when we are sad, when we are excited, or when we are filled with fear and we're scared, we are so thankful that you are with us always, right by our side to love us like no one else can. So Jesus, today we thank you for your love. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you guys for coming up. You can stand up and go back to your seats. Good to see you all this morning. <coughs> With what we have been given, let us now be generous in heart. Let us share what we have with our community, with our church, and with our God. We now come to a time of offering.
Gracious God, we are never too young or too old to seek your presence. We know that in the silence of prayer, you will help us listen to your commands. Our quiet time with you wraps us in the comfort of your protection and care and gives us hope. May our arms and legs be used to take that hope and our renewed compassion into the world every day. And may our words and our actions convey that love to those we meet. Bless us as we seek to bless others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, amen. in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then, there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. that we use to describe the United States of America. One of them is freedom. And we usually talk about freedom when we mention something like the freedom of speech or another one of our freedoms, or we remember it on a special day like the 4th of July or, <clears throat> excuse me, or Memorial Day. Today also happens to be one of those days, even though it's not a common or usual holiday or a holiday for that matter at all. Uh, today also happens to be uh, the, the day in which the National Park Service has invited all places of worship to ring their bells at 3 o'clock this afternoon to remember that in August of 1619, 400 years ago to the month, the African slave trade began. We definitely talk about freedom when we remember history and the ramifications of it today. Now, we also talk about freedom in the church because that's precisely what Jesus said he came to bring. We say that we have freedoms. We say that Jesus has come to free us. But many times we don't go deeper than that. So today, let's think about this on a little bit deeper level. 
What do we need to be freed from so that we can be closer to God today? What do we need to be freed from so that the prayer of Psalm 103, the psalm that we almost forgot to say together earlier, what do we need to be freed from so that those words can be authentically our words too? Bless the Lord, O my soul. What needs to be gone from us so that we can feel God's warmth and strength coursing through our veins today? Now, of course, I'm going to bring up the gospel reading, but I feel like I need to make another reference here to begin our thoughts. And I make a movie reference here with the risk of having some of you not get the reference, but I feel like I need to do it anyway. So if that happens to be you, I'll be quick, I promise, and then we'll get to the gospel reading. Now, there are things that can block us, things that we need to be freed from, those things that block us from being, call, or from being who we are called to be. There are things that can block us from being who we are called to be. And the superhero from the Marvel comics and movies, Thor, the god of thunder, knows that all too well. See, being the god of thunder, Thor can summon lightning from the sky, which gives him some crazy fighting powers and strength. His weapon is a large hammer, which he uses to harness the power of lightning. So in one of the movies focused around Thor, called Thor Ragnarok, there's a scene where Thor has lost all hope. He is losing a battle. He's on the brink of losing a fight in that battle when suddenly he has a vision where he's speaking to his late father. And he tells his father that he is going to lose this fight and that he's not strong enough to win it, especially without his hammer, which was destroyed earlier in that same fight. Well, his father reminds him that he is not too late to come back and win this fight and that he is not the god of hammers. He is the god of thunder. And so the power was residing in him the whole time. He did not need the hammer to call upon this strength. So Thor then returns to his current state, wins the fight, and summons these powers from the lightning that he never knew he had. So Thor needed to be freed from the belief that it was too late for him and that he needed his hammer in order to be who he was called to be. So what do we need to be freed from in order to be who we are called to be? Our gospel reading is a story of another person going through something very similar, only this story has even more freedom in it. This story and the way it's recounted in the gospel is just dripping with freedom. But we could miss that because we could take the obvious route here. Jesus sees a woman who has been bent over for 18 years and heals her by saying, woman, you are set free. Free. We could stop at the cover of our bulletins for this morning, but we would miss so much more if we do that. See, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and that's the key part that we might overlook that makes <laughs> this really good. Because when Jesus heals on the Sabbath, there's a lot here, so let me unpack this a little bit. When Jesus heals on the Sabbath, he makes the leader of that synagogue really angry because the leader knows the law. It says in Exodus, the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and on it you shall not do any work. 
and healing is work. So that's what he tells everyone. There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured and not on the Sabbath day, not today. Well, of course, Jesus being a rabbi knew this, but he also knew the Sabbath wasn't holy just because God rested. See, in Deuteronomy, it also says, do not work on the Sabbath, but then it goes on to say, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So in other words, the Sabbath day was also a time set aside to remember what God has already done for God's people. Especially for Jews in that day, it was a time to specifically remember that their ancestors were once slaves, but then God freed them all. They were freed from working endlessly as slaves, and so now they could rest. Now they have the Sabbath to rest on. So the Sabbath is a day of freedom for all because of God. And Jesus knew this too. So he knew that the day of freedom was a perfect time to set this woman free from 18 years of ailments caused by, as he said, being bound by Satan. Or in other words, ailments that resulted from faults or causes that were not her own. Timing is perfect in everything in this story. In God, you are free, and nothing can separate you from God. And this is the ultimate reminder in this act from Jesus. Jesus doesn't want anyone to forget the Sabbath was here to remind all of us that we are free because of God. This woman is free, freed from pain, freed from the emotions and the questions of why me, freed from the boredom of staring at the ground, free from the social pressures, the dependency on others to do things that she was once physically able to do, the stares and the exclusion from others as she walked each time from her home and the synagogue and back again. Now she's free from all of that. And the first thing that she does is stand up straight and praise God. She was freed by Jesus from what was keeping her from God. She was no longer being kept from being who she was called to be. What do we need to be freed from in order to be closer to God today? Is it negative thoughts about ourselves that we can't shake? Is it fear resulting from our health or the health concerns of a loved one? Is it the lack of support or pain found in an unhealthy relationship? Is it a gnawing concern about something you wish you didn't do or say? Is it the stress of a crazy schedule? Is it an addiction or a sickness? Is it guilt or regret from something in the past? Is it a prejudice or discrimination that you face from others in society? Is it anger or frustration 
caused by someone else or a system that you have to work through and you don't feel like you're making any progress in it. There will always be things that keep us from God. And those things could change day by day. But Jesus doesn't let us forget that he came to bring freedom and that nothing can separate us from the love of God. He doesn't stop when he's healing just this woman on the Sabbath. In the Gospel of Luke, he does this act on this day of freedom, not once or twice or even three times. And you'd think three times, because it's a holy and complete and wonderful number in the Hebrew scriptures, that he would stop there. But then he goes on to do it a fourth time and a fifth time. If three was complete, four and five are abundance. Jesus reminds us over and over and over and over and over again that there is nothing that can separate us from God. So, what do we need to be freed from in order to be closer to God today? May we be blessed with the assurance of God's love and grace found in Jesus Christ as we prayerfully search for those answers today. As we keep all of, all of that in prayer, uh, that which keeps us from God in our prayers, uh, we also uh, share our own prayer joys and concerns. Uh, I have some to mention and then would invite any of you who would like to share your prayer joys or concerns to do so afterward. Uh, today in prayer, we specifically lift up uh, Jean Batt, who is recovering from a fall and hip surgery, is currently doing rehab at, uh, at uh, Country Meadows at this, at this point. Uh, we also give, uh, give thanks, and our prayers go out to Brian and Allie Lauderman, uh, the uh, red rose uh, on, the on, the, uh, uh, on the pulpit is, uh, is for the birth of their new son, Matthew Dean Lauderman, who was born on Friday. Uh, so we lift up prayers of, of thanks and uh, prayers of, uh, of guidance for them in this new time. Uh, we give thanks in our prayers to all who helped uh, at the, uh, one of the hottest ice cream festivals on, uh, to date uh, this past Monday. Uh, we specifically thank Blake Messman, uh, Gail, and Tom as well uh, for your help and guidance uh, uh, through, uh, leading up to that and through that as well. And to uh, all of you who, uh, who were there to uh, either make food or serve food or just be there uh, for uh, you know, another a person to talk to and extend hospitality here, uh, many thanks uh, for making the ice cream festival for what it was on Monday. Uh, two other prayers to lift up, looking outside of our, of our church family here. Uh, we lift up special prayers of peace and reconciliation as we uh, uh, today remember the 400th anniversary of the African slave trade. And different prayers, uh, prayers of, uh, of guidance and strength and renewal for all educators, staff, students, and parents that begin their school year tomorrow. Uh, may their year be blessed with learning uh, are there any other prayer joys and concerns that you would like to mention today? How might we pray for you? Yes. Uh, 
So we'll keep uh, Scott and Evan Freddy in our prayers. Uh, uh, Evan will be starting his studies in Santa Barbara, California very soon and are moving him out uh, as we speak. Are they driving now or have they? They're going Wednesday. So keep them in your prayers specifically on Wednesday for safe travels as well. Yes, through. Absolutely. Thank, thank you for your update. We appreciate that very much. I was going to say, prayers of Thanksgiving for safe travels back from California. Safe travels <laughs> back from California. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Helene. Of Jean. Oh, Ginny Petita. So we'll, we'll keep Ginny and her loved ones in our prayers uh, upon, uh, upon the loss of Ginny last Friday. So we'll keep them in our prayers. Prayers for Mahalia, Shannon's one-year-old student who has been in the hospital for an extended time now with many tests being done, and we'll certainly keep her in our prayers. Any others? Huh. Hmm. Certainly keep your daughters in our prayers, and... Um, if we could all share that prayer of freedom from an impatience, uh, I'm sure we would. And so we will keep that in our prayers as well. So, uh, John, and then Gloria. Congratulations, and we'll certainly lift up prayers of joy for that as well. Uh, Gloria. So the movie is Overcomer. All right. Thank you for that reminder. Today and tomorrow, playing at the Promenade. Very good. So multiple opportunities to check that out. Thank you, Gloria. Well, with that, let us hold our prayers for one moment, because we do have another uh, prayer of, of celebration to offer uh, at this time. Um, we are welcoming back to our membership uh, Betty Grebs after 
decades of being in Florida, and uh, many of you have seen her around. Uh, she is now officially returning to her home at Edgeboro Moravian Church. And so if you would uh, join me on page 173. What we will do is an abbreviated, yet still very meaningful, welcome back to the congregation uh, for Betty at this time. So, if, if you would please stand. So, Betty, through baptism, profession of faith, and Christian service, you have already entered into the life of the church universal. And today we rejoice to welcome and receive you into the fellowship of this congregation. Continue faithfully in the good way you have chosen in Christ, and may the Holy Spirit bless you in your life among us. May we all, through grace, be enabled to support and encourage one another in Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us sing the hymn on the following page, and as we do so, I would invite any joint board members present to welcome Betty into the congregation with the right hand of fellowship. Betty, we rejoice as we welcome you back home. It is absolutely. With all of that on our hearts and minds, our joys and our concerns, let us come to our God in prayer. <coughs> o holy and gracious one, we give you thanks that on this day we may come before you just as we are, into your presence to lift up our joys and our concerns. We thank you for being our source of joy uh, through many different great moments in our lives. Birthdays and anniversaries and milestones, accomplishments and education, Lord, we, we celebrate all of them. And we thank you especially for, uh, for our church family, the gift of fellowship uh, that many receive as they are baptized, as they are confirmed, 
uh, as they join or rejoin this congregation and many others. Lord, we are thankful for the manifestation of the body of Christ here uh, in our community, here in this place and elsewhere, many other places in the world as well. Lord, we thank you for the gift of love and fellowship. Gracious God, as we share our joys together as one body in our community, we also share in our, in our concerns as well. And so we lift up those who are struggling after uh, times of loss and grief. We think of those who might be in pain or in need of healing physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. We think of those who are in need of peace in their own homes, in their own cities, and in this world. We think of those who are in need of reconciliation and forgiveness and guidance. Lord, we give you thanks for the freedoms and the grace in which you give to us. We know, Lord, that we, we carry with us our burdens and our struggles, our sins, and our faults each day. And Lord, we confess that we have fallen short of who you have called us to be. And yet, through your grace and love, each day anew, we have an opportunity to be exactly who you created us to be in your image. So, Lord God, we give you thanks on this day. We thank you for everything you have given to us. Lord, we have entrusted many prayers to you today. We thank you for hearing each and every one that has been spoken in this room. And yet, Lord, there are many other prayers uh, that uh, are still on our hearts and minds that are in this room today as well. And so hear us now as we silently entrust those prayers to you. Bless us, comfort us, and free us, gracious Lord and God. Amen. Let us stand and sing together our closing hymn as we think about what we need to be freed from. Uh, we are thankful for the renewal which God has to offer. So let us stand and sing together hymn number 674, Renew Us All, O Lord.
Sisters and brothers, may we, may we come to the Lord with all that is keeping us from being who we are called to be, so that we might be loved and restored and renewed. And may we reflect the freedom and grace that we experience from God to others as well. So go in peace to love and serve our Lord. Amen. Thank you.